Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 370. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 370. I met today's guest, flower farmer Melissa Smith, along with several others in the SC Upstate Flowers group a few years ago when they came to the Slow Flowers meetup in the Raleigh-Durham area. I found their sense of collaboration and mutual respect for one another very encouraging because they are basically creating a new market in their region. There's a lot of interdependence. Melissa and her husband Josh own Freilich Farm based in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, about 10 miles north of Greenville, South Carolina, and 10 miles south of the SCNC state line. The state of South Carolina in general is getting a whole lot more flower focus, she told me in a recent interview. When Melissa and Josh moved their farming operation to the Greenville area in October of 2015, Melissa felt the need for community. She said, I started meeting people through the Flower Farmer group on Facebook, and I knew there were at least five of us here, and I thought, that's enough for a group. She teamed up with Julie Hill of Greenville-based Southern Wild Design and invited every flower farmer the two of them knew about to a potluck dinner. We ended up having eight, and that's where the idea for our group was born, she says. Thanks to Melissa's background in graphic design and computers, and since it was still early in the season, SC Upstate Flowers launched a simple website in March of 2016. A Facebook page and Instagram account followed, and the frequently used hashtag SC Upstate Flowers is something you can find today. By the first weekend of April 2016, SC Upstate Flowers posted a wholesale availability and price list on its website and introduced itself by email to a list of florists in the area. SC Upstate Flowers has produced a few fun events during American Flowers Week, basically a farmer florist design party that invites florists in their area to play with the freshest, most beautiful, just-picked seasonal flowers from local farms. The group shared photos and details with me for a story I wrote about, quote, how to throw a farmer florist party, end quote, on American Flowers Week a few years back. I'll share that link uh, to the post in today's show notes at deborahprincing.com. SC Upstate Flowers is also included in an article I wrote last November for the Slow Flowers Journal section of Florist Review. That was the Southern-themed issue, and we focused the editorial content on floral design in the American South. My story titled American Grown Heroes Southern Flower Hubs features five dynamic flower cooperatives and collectives. 
including SC Upstate Flowers. You can download a free PDF of that article in today's show notes too. I recently reunited with Melissa in late August at the Southern Flowers Symposium in Charleston, South Carolina, where I spoke and she joined a panel of growers at various levels to discuss flower farming practices and share their wisdom. We grabbed about 15 minutes to record a quick interview. And that's part one of today's interview. But I knew there was much more you could learn if we had had more time. So I recently connected via Skype with Melissa to finish our conversation. I'm so glad we took the time to do so. You'll learn how she is managing the evolution of her flower farm, adapting to market shifts and opportunities. And you'll learn more about the SC Upstate Flowers Group. Here's a little more about Melissa excerpted from the Freilich Farm website. Melissa and Josh Smith run Freilich Farm in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. They are producers of specialty cut flowers and pasteurized pork, saying, we aim to produce the most beautiful flowers you've ever seen and the best pork you've ever tasted. Josh's Asabao Island pigs are raised to forest forage through the woods, eating local flora as well as seasonal cover crops. Freilich Farms flowers are grown without harmful pesticides or chemicals to provide not only beauty, but to serve as valuable hosts to beneficial insects and pollinators. The farm serves the local florist trade and the public. I'll share photos and links to all of Freilich Farms social places, as well as links to SC Upstate Flowers in today's show notes. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Melissa as much as I did. Let's get started. excited today uh, to have a bonus guest, Melissa Smith from Freilich Farm in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. Hi, Melissa. Hi. And some people may know you as Flower Therapy on Instagram. Yes. F-L-W-R Therapy at F... F-L-W-R Therapy. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Because way back when, Instagram wouldn't allow you to put very long names. Oh, you're kidding. Mm -hmm. That's sort of like my license plate is slow flow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Melissa, we we got to know each other. I think when I came to speak in Raleigh a couple of years ago, yes. and, and a group a group of you from the Greenville area came up, and and now you, so you went north, and now we came to the conference. There it was a group of us from Western North Carolina and from the Upstate of South Carolina area, and we traveled to the conference in Raleigh. Yep, and here we are at the Southern Flower Symposium in South Carolina. You're kind of up by the South, the North-South Carolina border, right? My farm is about 15 minutes from the North Carolina-South Carolina border. Wow. And I got a chance to write about you in Florist Review last fall yes. in our Southern <laughs> our southern issue. And then I just want to thank you publicly for your group doing some really fun things with in the past to promote American <laughs> Flowers Week. And we've I've been, been able to write about really that. It's been really fun. Cool. So tell me what, uh, give a snapshot of, of what you're doing at Freilich Farm and your floral business and how it fits into, you know, this whole movement. I've been farming about six years. Um, I have about an acre in cultivation. I grow wedding flowers is what I tell a lot of people. However, I don't do any of my own weddings, but I grow for mainly event florists who do weddings every weekend throughout the upstate Greenville, Anderson, Spartanburg areas. And that's great branding, by the way. <laughs> well, thanks. You know, I grow wedding flowers, while. you know, 
that defines it. Uh huh. Yeah, I grow very specialty, very unique stuff, not the run of the mill of what comes like what you might see at your average farmer's market. Mm -hmm. um, if if people would look at it and go, "What's that?" I'm probably going to want to grow it. Can you name some of the kind of things that are hot this year that you've been growing? Um, like popular, I mean. Uh, let's see. I think Lysianthus? Yeah, um yeah, I grow Lysianthus. Um working on trying to have them in the fall instead of the middle of the summer oh. in our climate, which is very possible. Wow. Um trying to get that figured out. Um in the springtime I grow a lot of specialty tulips, the ranunculus and the anemones of course, but um trying to get into some of the rarer bulbs, um fritillarias, things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, just anything that is that may not ship well or that you would have to special order in through your wholesaler. That's what I want to Like a premium in. flower. Yes, very premium type flowers. And I've kind of, I kind of learned today, listening, we're at this conference and Rita Anders from Cuts of Color presented and I, someone next to me said she's only talking about premium flowers. But she was also talking about <clears throat> sort of shoulder seasons and I feel like that is very much the place you're in, right? That is where a lot of the premium flowers grow. Oh, interesting. One thing I've found about from selling to florists is they kind of want spring flowers year-round, <laughs> which is hard. So you kind of have to figure out, how can I get that look? Right. Because it's a certain look. There's a softness to it. And that's what you want. You want that romantic beauty for a wedding. Mm -hmm. So if you can figure out what flowers give you that in each season, then you can satisfy that need and still be seasonal. Are you super focused on palette also? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grow a lot of what some people would consider the dead colors, you know, very mauves and browns. Um, I grow a ton of white. Yeah. You can always sell white. Yeah. Um, if you're ever in doubt of what to grow, just grow white. And I, I don't, the, the color palettes have changed over yeah. the past couple of years. It's not all blush and white anymore, thank goodness. Yeah. But I still see a lot of... You see a lot of pastels in wedding work, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, most of the time, most colors get used, but it's going to be the pastel version of it or a really, really dark, dramatic version of it. There's mm -hmm. not a lot of bright. Right, you're, right. You deal in tonalities. <clears throat> That's a really good point. You're, you're talking like an artist, and I know you have an art background. Yes. That certainly serves you well, right? <laughs> I have a background in, like, video graphic design. So visual, yes, very visual and very color oriented. Mm. I do. I love colors. Um, actually, I love like flower colors more than I ever loved graphic design work. Um, mm. I'm really kind of glad that I found flower farming. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, okay. So describe what size land you're growing on and your kind of your um, it's, process. We have 3.3 .3 acres on the whole farm, but um, part of it is my husband's pigs. And then so the flower farm is... I think it's around an acre. Okay. I haven't figured it out recently. <laughs> are you are you doing all field-grown crops? Yes. Okay. 100% wow. field-grown. You're doing lisianthus in the field? Yes. Wow. And is that just because you figured out how to do it, or you're saving up for a greenhouse? Um, or? Part of it is climate-driven. Part of it is the lay of our land. I farm on a slope. Oh, my goodness. So everything I grow is in permanent raised beds because I've got about a foot drop from top to bottom. So it kind of makes it hard to find flat land for a greenhouse, first of all, but also our climate. I'm 7B, and I mean, I can have flowers from early March through about November without a greenhouse if you just right. grow the right things. And right. So 
greenhouses are nice in our climate, but they're not a necessity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for now, no big plans to get one, but you never know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, is it, that's, that's impressive. You built all those raised beds then to Mm -hmm. hold your, wow. (laughs) What are they wood or? They are. Uh, will you give me a picture that I can share? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I can't even pick. That's like terraced gardening. There's over 80 now, I think. I've lost count. Oh, my gosh. Good workout, right? <laughs> From bottom to top? Yes. <laughs> so primarily you said you sell to wedding and event florists. How did you, when you got started, how did you find those customers? They found me. Okay. And you had said earlier, and you were on the panel, you talked about yeah. Instagram. Um, Instagram is a great place to be. I just started posting, you know, pictures of what I had and didn't really know what I was doing. And, uh, you know, like one florist finds you and they email you. And then so you start to sell to them and then they tag you when they're doing their wedding bouquets. And it just kind of multiplies from there Um, in the Greenville area specifically. You know, like I had actually calls from that area before we even moved up there before we were even thinking of moving to Wait, that Wait, how area. far is Traveler's Rest from Greenville? Um, 15 minutes. Okay. So this was when we were farming down in the Columbia area. We farmed three areas oh, that's in right. Columbia, South Carolina. <clears throat> that's right. Then you moved. Yeah, yeah. And then we moved. So, uh, you know, I had people and they're like, well, will you come to Greenville? I'm like, this is a two hour drive. They're waiting for you. <laughs> I was like, you got to make this worth my while. And so, you know, and they did, they started calling their friends and and before I knew it like I had five customers in that area before we even moved there wow wow Uh, right now then you're trying to deliver primarily in that geographic radius of 15 to 20 minutes or how um, do you do that it's I will go up to an hour okay that's kind of my maximum um because you know every now and then sometimes I might need to go to North Carolina or I still have a few of my Columbia florists that buy from me and so I meet them halfway really yes wow (laughs) Um, that's loyal so yeah it really is and gosh I, I really appreciate their business um for doing that so yeah my max is about an hour okay. and I mean there are people that will drive in general, though, like in a given week, do you have certain days that you're harvesting and certain days mm-hmm. that you're delivering so you can kind of get it on a calendar? I always deliver on Thursday mornings, um, and usually that route takes three, maybe four hours. In spring and fall, sometimes I add Wednesday morning deliveries because um, I still don't have a delivery van, so <laughs> it's everything in the back of my little Toyota. And so Oh, you mean so you'll be so full you'll have yeah, to do two days? Yeah, sometimes I'm so gosh. full that I have to do two days. Um, but so basically, I work on a harvest week of Thursday through the next Wednesday. Um, I have a flower cooler, so you know we kind of know what flowers are going to hold, what flowers need to be cut the day before. So after you deliver on Thursday, you'll start working for the next week. Start working for the next week. Okay. Do they ever come to your farm to pick up? Occasionally, um, especially during the summer when things aren't quite as busy. You know, if they need something early in the week, um, oftentimes, you know, they'll just volunteer and they'll say, I'll, you know, I need this, but I know it's not a big order, so I'll come to the farm and get it. So how long were you farming before you started working with other growers to create this sort of collective in, in the area? Three years. Okay. And and this is the SC Upstate Flowers. 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 Yeah, just flowers. SC Upstate Flowers. <laughs> I should know that. Um, what is the origin of that group? So it came out of a need for community, really. Mm-hmm. It started when I moved to the upstate. Um, I knew one flower farmer there that I'd met a year or so before. And then I knew of a couple others from Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so... I 
just started contacting people. I moved there in the fall. So through the winter, I started contacting people. We met for coffee or whatever. I kind of threw the idea around with a couple people, and they're like, yeah, this would be cool. So the minute you moved there, you started working on this before I, I you even planted community flowers. Because there weren't that many, like there was one other farm in the Columbia area. Okay. And I knew that there were at least five in the upstate. So I was okay. like, that's enough for a group. Yeah. And so I just, I really wanted that group that, you know, that sense of encouragement, the sense of, hey, there's other people out there sweating their brains out in the field. So <laughs> this is okay. Kindred spirits. Exactly. Or crazy kindred spirits. Yeah. Exactly. So by February, I knew we had at least a couple. So I was like, well, let's just have a potluck meeting at my farm and we'll see where this goes. And we had seven people show up. Yeah. Like people amazing. that I didn't even know about yet. You know, they're like, well, I heard about it from so-and-so. Was that in 2016 or 17? That was in 2016. 16? Had to have been 16, yeah. Okay, that's what I meant. Yeah, we're on our third year. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's cool. And you didn't really... It wasn't like you had to be the leader. It's just that you you invited everyone to your farm. Yeah, it just kind of started that way. You know, it's kind of one of those things. If you come up with an idea, you better be ready to take charge of it and go for it because nobody yes. else is going to do it. Yes. Well, I do remember <laughs> you admitting that your graphic design and web design skills did allow you to create the website. Yes, that was so a that huge kind of, help. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, people can go see that. And yes. Mm-hmm. How do you use it? Is it mainly as a just marketing yeah, it's pretty much a marketing tool. So we have all our farms listed on there. Um, we also, we kind of have two sections. So there's one called Buy Flowers, and that's like for retail flower sales. So the public can look on there, see all the different places in town, all the different farmers markets, you know, any grocery stores. Where they can go direct to you. Exactly, okay. where they can find local flowers on a weekly basis in season. Yeah. And then we have a wholesale availability list for our florist. Okay. Um, and that's, it's a password protected page. And so what we do is we send out an email every Monday morning. And it just, that email is kind of like a reminder. It lists some new stuff that have come up. But then they can go in and they can look on the wholesale list and it shows every farm, what they have available that week, and the price. Wow. And then they contact each farm directly yeah. to place the order. Yeah. When did you launch that? The wholesale list was launched in, I think, it was March or April of 2016. Okay. That, that was one of the first things we did. Right, right. Um, so, in a way, it's a virtual wholesale mm-hmm. market. Yeah. Um, are the farmers responsible for uploading their own content? Yes. Okay, so there are probably a few people who get busy and don't update their availability Occasionally, list. occasionally. Sometimes I have to send somebody a text and be like, hey, can you update your list? Hey, you know this is uh, two months old. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm seeing stuff that's been on here, and I know that's out of season now. Um, do, so. pe- do people pay into this? To I mean, is it? And it sounds like it's very low cost. Yeah, but. it is. Like, I mean, we have dues, but they basically just cover the cost of our website okay. to, like, keep the hosting up. Oh, okay. Okay. So because it's self, self-populated, self it's not like anybody even has to manage that list. It's just there for the password-protected access. Exactly. I go in there, and I change the date on it, and I update my part of the list, and then everybody else updates their part of the list. And it um, it gets updated from Saturday at 8 a.m. to Sunday at 5 p.m. is the update period. Okay. I mean, technically, you can do it anytime, but that's when florists know that the information that's on there may not be 100% accurate. And then Sunday night after 5, they can go in there. Exactly. How, do you have any sense of how many people have that password? Um, well, our florist list has somewhere between 50 and 60 people on it. Wow. 
Wow, that's yeah. grown a lot. And that is probably 80% event florist mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Which um, is your sweet spot. That That is kind of the sweet spot of what buys a lot of local flowers. Um, hopefully we can get more into the retail florists in the area because there's still a lot. There is an absurdly large number of florists in the upstate, which wow. is great. Where are they um, getting the, their flowers? Wholesalers? Um, there are four local wholesalers okay. in the area. Okay. Wow. And then even, I mean, actually a lot of them still use national wholesalers too. Yeah. So that's just sort of changing the cultural practices. Exactly. I mean, they like, they have no lack of choices for places to get flowers if you were a florist in that area. I'm really, um, I'm really bummed, but we only have five more minutes. Yeah. So let's just wrap up by, I wanted to ask a little bit about some of the networking things you've done to build community with florists. Um, I know you had a I even wrote a post about it for mm -hmm. Slow Flowers Journal online a couple years ago, like how to throw a farmer florist party. Uh, yeah. Are you still doing that or is that kind um, of... Um... We did it for two years. We intentionally did no events this year. Okay. We had so many new farmers that we decided to educate our farmers this year. How many? Well, you started with what, five and now... We started with eight. We went to nine the next year and now we're at 20. 20 yes. members of so with, SC Upstick Flowers. Yes. Wow. With so, so with so many new ones, we said, okay, we need to make sure that we're putting a good product into the community before we try to sell it. Yeah. So that was kind of the reason we didn't do the the um, the farmer florist party. It was the, it was American Flower Flowers Week party, right. and I really um, loved that. And but I maybe think we, we will go back to doing it in the future because mm -hmm. I really missed it this year. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. But I thought it was a great way to re do outreach to wet to wedding and event florists mm -hmm. and maybe other florists. So clearly, you've been successful. Those parties led to this list of sixty yes. florists. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was like especially the first year. I mean, there were just people that had no idea that that were that many farms in the area, and I mean, it went a long way. Like sales went up after that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that was the end of June, and I mean. You all felt it. Oh, yeah. We felt it through the summer and especially in the fall, you know, yeah. when wedding business picks up. People are like, oh, so glad you're here. I had no idea. Well, listen, I would love to in, in share some photos from you mm -hmm. and also uh, links to SC Upstate Group and to Freilich Farm and so show some of the flowers that you grow so people can get to sure. know you. And I'm just so glad to be back in the South and uh, <laughs> that you showed up here and I walked in last night and saw you so thanks we're for, glad to have you back we'll get you back on another time sounds good okay thanks with Melissa Smith uh, trying to complete our interview, which we started at the end of August when I was in Charleston for the Southern Flower Symposium. Hi, Melissa. Hi. <laughs> I feel like I really rushed you. We had a, like a little bit of time during our lunch break to try to record the podcast. And then um, and then I had to go in and speak. So I kind of cut you off and I wanted to I wanted to talk with you a little bit more. What have you been doing in the last six weeks since I saw you? I've been cutting a lot of flowers. Um, I have been getting ready to start planning for spring. And I've been thinking a lot about some of the things that you said when we were talking on that interview. You asked me, Melissa, what do you do? And so I said, I basically, I grow a lot of specialty high-end cut flowers. Most of my customers are wedding and event florists. Basically, I grow wedding flowers. Yeah. I, rem yeah. I remember that. I was, I was 
something just like, you know, how you get a shiver when something sounds right. I was like, wow, what a great, <laughs> what a great line. I had never really thought about it that way before, but it's true. So I've decided to expand that a little bit. I've been serving primarily the wholesale market for the past three or four years, and I'm going to kind of expand into more of the DIY bride type market. I get a decent amount of requests for that now, but oftentimes I don't have enough product to supply it all. So I've been working on some expansion plans and how to make that happen for next year so that I could supply, you know, a few brides a weekend plus still keep up with all of my florist wholesale orders. That sounds wonderful. I mean, other people are doing that and I still think that you're further creating a niche by emphasizing weddings. When you're selling to your wholesale customers, like roughly how many floral designers or studios are you selling to, you know, in a given week during the season? In spring and fall, I would say anywhere from nine to 12. In the summer, it's a little less. And I kind of, I lower my production in the summer because it's so hot mm -hmm. and spring and fall are so busy that I just need a break. Mm. So in the South, especially in the Asheville area where you are, it's like there aren't a lot of summer weddings then. It's it's really May, June, and then September, October, that kind of thing? It goes pretty much March through mid-June is very busy. And then it starts picking up again mid-August. And it can go all the way to Thanksgiving. Um, some years I can make it that far with flowers. Some years it doesn't quite happen. It kind of depends on the weather. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm I'm really, I think this is an important conversation to have about um, juggling these two different channels uh, because one could basically say, selling to florists is a wholesale channel and selling to DIY brides is a retail channel. Like you're going to have to price things differently probably to, mm -hmm. to not, I guess, not make those florists upset. I don't know. They might not even be aware of it, but have you thought that through? I have. And that's how I've done it in the past. I've always marked up a little bit when mm -hmm. I'm selling retail and also, like, I mean, you know, I've thought it through because I've wondered, well, will my florist feel like I'm stealing their customers or things like that? But really, the type of florist that I sell to, their brides are looking for the whole deal. Mm -hmm. You know, they want custom design, they want full service events, rentals, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is not my thing at all. I love to do design as a hobby and as just a little bit of stress relief from time to time, but I don't really ever want to get into designing my own weddings, right. but I just love growing flowers and I really do think there is a need and the public in our area is becoming more and more aware of local flowers and they're asking for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a really good model out there, actually, uh, with a past guest that I've had on the podcast, uh, Joan Thorndike of La Mera Gardens in Ashland, Oregon. I should connect you to or have you look at her site. Um, she's wow. she's done the, done the dance of keeping the florists who really essentially are her core customers. And it sounds like they're your core customers, too. Like, you're not going to want to alienate 
the, those people who buy from you week in and week out. Um, yeah. So one of the things that she's done when working with brides is, um, it it is a a little more handholding, but once she, um, has a phone meeting with the bride, she can pretty much tell whether the bride is, or the, or the couple or the wedding party is actually up to designing their own flowers. (laughs) And if, if it becomes clear that they just want her flowers, but they don't really want to design, then she can kind of say, well, great, go to my website. I have a list of all the retail florists and studio florists who buy from me, who are wedding designers and work, contact one of them, find the one who fits your style and then just arrange to, you know, to have that florist buy my flowers. And uh, it seems to work. Um, it takes a unique, cu- cu- I guess, couple or, or bride to kind of think through those layers and levels because it's, you know, mm-hmm. and I think your your background in art and design would probably lend to that uh, because you're, you do have a sense of what a, a p- wedding party would need to accomplish, like, I don't know, the personals and the centerpieces in terms of quantities and all, right? Exactly. And that's one thing I hope to work on over the winter is to work it out so that it's very easy for a bride to order from my farm. Um, Try to anticipate a lot of the questions they'll have ahead of time and get that information out there. And to also, I mean, I've worked loads of weddings doing freelance Mm -hmm. for wedding florists all throughout South and North Carolina. And So I have a pretty good idea of the types of flowers that are needed for different types of arrangements or personals, you know. So I'm going to try to see if I can't figure that out and make a a custom-designed solution. Oh, good. Oh, would you? (laughs) Yeah, please share that with us when when it's – when you're ready to, (laughs) it would be a fun article on um, slowflowersjournal.com just sort of saying – here's how you can juggle these two channels and basically sell more flowers because it's what the nice thing is that the DIY bride is kind of got to work with your parameters and those might be palette versus specific varieties, for example, right? Exactly. Um, there is definitely, cause I mean, I do, I have people, you know, and they, email and ask and say, you know, I'm looking for these specific things. And I'm like, well, that was in season two months ago. You know, that one won't be in season for another month. And so it very much is kind of a bride who is looking more for a certain look and a color palette and just wants really beautiful flowers that have been grown in a sustainable manner versus I've got to have this particular bloom. Right. What day, what days are you delivering? I know we talked about this in the first half of this uh, episode, but I just remind me, what days are you delivering to your wholesale customers? Always Thursday mornings and sometimes Wednesdays, occasionally other days if needs arise. And, you know, I end up with a couple of orders. Um, but a lot of times other days people will do a farm pickup. Right. And I could see, I could see the DIY wedding parties coming then for Friday morning farm mm-hmm. pickup, right? Yeah, something like that. You know, I may kind of depending on where they are. I mean, the upstate area around here is pretty large. And so I may offer delivery if they can take them on the Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. It also depends on how much I can fit in my car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another thing on your wish list then, maybe getting a delivery van, right? Yes. <laughs> Well, um, I think it's great because it's 
it must be just the most depressing thing to have the weekend and have flowers that you could have sold, but they're not going to last till the following week. And so it's kind of like tossing them in the compost heap is sort of your only option. And, uh, or I guess enjoying them yourself, but yeah. Or even having the thing of not having enough and having to tell people no. I mean, yeah. there's there's both sides of the coin there you know sometimes things produce like crazy and you have too much and then sometimes you have more requests than you have flowers for right right and is that is that a a reason that um the sc upstate flowers group can help each other i mean do you find that you're like calling your colleagues and and trying to round out an order or is do you all grow such different things that that doesn't happen um, no, we do that from time to time. You know, I, I know I personally try to keep tabs of who's growing what so that if I'm out of something, I can say, well, you know, so-and-so over here, I know they're growing it. Hopefully they've still got availability this week. Why don't you try calling them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. But not trying to round out your particular order, like you don't buy from each other. Um, occasionally we do from okay. time to time. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, you know, I, I delivered to one of our other farmers yesterday. She had a big weekend and needed extra stuff. So she gave me a call. That's neat. Yeah. So this group, um, you're now kind of in your third season with, is that correct? Yes. And, um, I know you've got some things that you've got to start planning for, for the future. Uh, What do you, what are you going to, uh, (laughs) what are you going to be looking at in terms of choices and decisions? Um, a big thing for this winter is to try to figure out what type of group are we, um, you know, like we've never really looked into, are we a nonprofit? Are we a club? You know, what is going to be our basic organization? Um, that's something we really need to get settled. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, also I know like over the past year, we have had so many new growers that we kind of looked inward instead of doing a lot of public marketing type stuff because we realized, you know, that we needed to have a good product to put out there. So we spent a lot of time educating our new growers and I would like to see us continue that, but I would also like to see some of the marketing stuff return. I would like to see us do some activities for American flowers week again. Yay. (laughs) Maybe some other things, you know, I don't know exactly what we've thrown around a ton of ideas in the past. And it's nice because we have a big enough group now that we have enough people to plan these things and everybody doesn't feel overworked. Right, right. So I know you probably have everybody listed on your website and I'll share a link to that in our show notes. But roughly, what's your um, what's your what are your numbers at now? Rich. 20. Um, wow. Yeah, we're at least 20. We've, we've got like one or two kind of pending applications, people that we're kind of trying to work in over the next couple of months. And so it'll go up. But that's more than double your f- initial group, right? We started with seven, wow. grew to nine our second year. And then last year it just exploded. Wow. Are these people finding you and seeking you out or like, how are they even realizing that there's a a group, uh, especially if you've been been so inwardly focused? Most of them are finding us somehow Mm -hmm. 
through mm-hmm. social media, through they meet another farmer. Occasionally, you know, we'll see one or two pop up on Instagram or something like that, and we'll contact them. But mm-hmm. the majority great. of them are emailing in and saying, you know, how, how do I get involved? And um, that's amazing. And I think it's it it was smart of you to stop and talk about best practices because your focus is on uh, maintaining a certain standard or quality so that you're that everybody benefits, I guess, from the customer awareness of even just buying from one farm. Exactly. Like our two main goals are to be there to support and encourage one another and learn together. And then also to produce an incredibly high quality product. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why we are a commercially focused growing group. Right. Versus like a farmer's market group that's going to be engaging with the buying public. Well, it's, it's more kind of a commercial versus hobby growers. Um, we do, you know, like we do have an application that we ask prospective members to fill out and it, you know, it asks questions, you know, what are your business plans? Where do you expect to sell those types of things? I mean, I would love to see us kind of do some education for hobby growers in the area because there are a lot of them and we get questions about that type of thing from time to Mm -hmm. time. Um, but the, the Upstate Flowers Group itself is a group of professional commercial growers. Oh, great. Thanks for that clarification. That makes a lot of sense because then you're dealing with people who are kind of in this to make a living and not just, you know, exactly fill, fill their free time. <laughs> yeah. And that makes a difference when you're trying to discuss, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to publicize our product? you know, when people are really invested in making their businesses better and working together as a group to do that, you know, you want people that are interested in sustaining their businesses long-term. Right. Right. Why do you think there's been such an explosion in your area? I mean, is it partly just the part of the country that is like good for growing flowers or is it something different? We definitely have a pretty good growing climate. Um, I also think that, well, it's the South, and we are usually a year or two behind the rest of the country on trends. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I, I see that changing somewhat in some of the major cities um, in the South are taking, like, I, and I think a lot of that is due to the floral designers in those areas are seeing, you know, what's coming out of some area, other areas, but they're also pushing back and saying, Hey, look at this, you know, this is really cool. And I do think that in a couple of years, there will probably be some major trend setting designers from the South. Yeah. And, um, and saying, Hey, can you grow this for me? I want it, this locally. Yeah. And so I think that it's just, um, I also think that having our group out there has, sparked, you know, some interest from some other growers, you know, I, I mean, a lot of those people probably saw something about flower growing somewhere online and thought, Hey, I wonder if there's anybody in my area doing it. And mm-hmm. it's Googling and, you know, they found us. And so mm-hmm. that's interesting. I, there's a lot of, you know, reasons I think behind it. <laughs> so Melissa, your hub is, is a, are a couple of cities that you would consider part of SC Upstate, right? Yes. There's Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Greenwood. Um, you know, we kind of have a set county area 
that we accept members from just because those counties would focus on the major metropolitan areas for marketing, you know, potential there. Sure. Um, and just, just geographically, you want to be close to each other, right? Exactly. Got it. Got it. That, were you guys affected at all by Hurricane Florence? Not majorly. Um, we actually were, I think the most of us were pretty fortunate. Um, we've had some very extreme rains this year. Um, just like since the middle of May, even mm. on, you know, up until about the past month, we've just had an extremely wet year and a very hot year, Ugh. which has made for not the greatest growing conditions for a lot of crops, especially dahlias. Oh, that's too bad. I hope things, uh, level off for you. Um, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just like a constant variable that no one can can predict or control. So it's a good thing that you're kind of, um, scrappy and you are willing to adapt with the seasons. If there's one thing I have learned, it's just to expect the unexpected. And that is what is normal these days when it comes to weather. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad you're good. And I'm really interested to hear what comes out of that planning meeting this winter for um, SE Upstate Flowers. Um, You are kind of operating as like a marketing collective now without bylaws or um, officers or that sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's worked. So maybe now it's time to just perhaps go to the next level and you know, make some decisions on shaping the the future. So I wish you a lot of luck. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely think so. It's time to figure out a few things and what's the future going to be, especially now that, you know, we have enough of us, I think, to really make an impact in our area. Oh, absolutely. It's a model that others should be following. And uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. In fact, why, what I'll do in the show notes is include that little write-up that I did about you um, that ran in the, I guess, almost a year ago now in Florist Review um, about SC Upstate. And then maybe will you send me some new photos that I can share uh, on the show notes of what's going on with you, your flowers. And, um, and there was a group photo taken at the uh, Charleston meeting. Maybe you can send me that too. Yes. Yeah. We did get a good bit of us in that photo. Not everybody was there, but uh, you know, you were represented. Yes. (laughs) Well, good. Anything else we should discuss? I'm really excited about your new branding strategy for, I grow wedding flowers. I think that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Now I just need a whole winter to work it out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's a perfect hashtag now, Melissa. I'm going to be looking for it. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much for getting online with me. I I really, I wanted to kind of finish our conversation and um, the timing is right. And um, I'm glad that we can kind of uh, finish the finish the story and entice people to see what you're doing and maybe inspire others uh, who might want to start their own cadre of fellow flower farmers in their region. I think it's happening all over the country, so it's exciting to see. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, Melissa, we'll talk soon. Take care. All right. Bye.
Thanks so much for joining me today. As you heard in real time, how Melissa is planning to rebrand her farm with the tagline, We Grow Wedding Flowers. I love that idea so much. Look for that new hashtag showing up too. We have a vital and vibrant community of flower farmers and floral designers, including you. Together, we define the Slow Flowers Movement. As our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support, and I invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. I actually want to give a shout out and thanks to two recent people who've donated to the podcast. It means a lot. Thank you so much, Colleen McCool of Reverie Farm Girl. In uh, We met in Kansas City when I was there last month. Thank you, Colleen, for your support and contribution. And thank you to Elaine Vandiver of Golson Gardens in Walla Walla, Washington. Elaine wrote, I so appreciate your efforts and I enjoy listening each week as I'm working in the greenhouse or in the field rows. Well, thanks, ladies. Uh, This means a lot, and I I really appreciate knowing that you're out there listening. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 367,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. And thank you to our sponsors who are supporting the Slow Flowers podcast. Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of passionate family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing bigger, better peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Mayesh Wholesale Florist, family owned since 1978. Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the US. And we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the US. Learn more at Mayesh.com. Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit AmericanGrownFlowers.org. 
and the Team Flower Conference, a professional floral event where flower lovers from all over the world gather for networking, learning, and celebration. It's a special time for the floral industry to come together, and whether you're a farmer, designer, wholesaler, or just love flowers, you're invited to attend as Team Flowers dreams big for the industry's future. Head to teamflower.org slash slowflowers to learn more about the 2019 conference in Waco, Texas. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Music